0: Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit us at UniteChurchAK.org. Now, enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Um, Lord has something good today. It's good. I'm excited about where God is leading our church. Um, and last week, we were talking about this season of pressing, and that God is moving us into a season to press. And I was just praying into that some more. And and, and we, we're moving out of this season of the oil press or the olive press that produces oil, which is this internal that we flame or fire that they used the olive oil actually when they pressed it in the holy place to light the lampstand, which represents the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit and his presence in the holy place. And God has this holy fire burning inside of you, inside of me. When we give our life to Jesus, we become the mobile temple. God put wheels up on his temple and you get to drive it around like an RV, right? You're the presence of God inside of you. And that pressing, that season of pressing was pressing out a lot of things in the church and pressing in some good things. In fact, God was pressing in the only the things that are in his new covenant and teaching us to press out or remove or stop participating when trying to live in the old covenant. We want to sometimes be saved by grace and then live by works. And the Lord's like, no, you're saved by grace and you live by grace. And the law that you're called to fulfill now is a law of love. And the Lord's really laying on my heart that the new season we're in is the season of the wine press. And the pressing of the wine, they would press the grapes and they would produce wine. And it would actually come out of this barrel or whatever they had it in. And then they, the, the old carcasses would stay in, but then the wine would come out. The the fluid would come out. But when they prepared the wine, through the process or whatever, it was always designed to go out. Okay, the olive oil was designed to go in. All right, but the wine was designed to go out for celebration, for a party. Okay, and so the distribution was actually designed to be distributed. And so the wine press season is the thing the Lord is doing to be distributed out into the world. That God has actually filled you to go bring a good time to the world. Did you know that? Romans 10 says that blessed are the feet of those, they're beautiful, who bring good news. When you encounter Jesus, it's a good time. You encounter the new wine of the new covenant and you're the new wineskin actually that God wants to pour his new wine into. It's our lives. We're the new mobile temple. Kind of sweet. That new life is joyous. It's beautiful. It's full. It's redemptive. It's transforming. And God is saying, it's time for you to take my new wine and begin to spread it out, to go out. The thing I've pressed in you, I now want you to take out. I'm pressing outward. And so today, the title of this message is called Take That Hill. And this is one of my favorite passages in the Old Testament. And this story is just so much fun. And it's a story of where Jonathan and his armor bearer just get bored one day. They get really bored because they're hunkered down and they're stuck. There's 600 men with Saul, Jonathan's father. And they're fighting the Philistines who are all rooted in all over the place. And they have just been battling it out. And they sort of get stuck. And a bunch of Israelites... um, have fled, and they're hiding in rocks and caves and all over the place. And some of the Israelites have actually defected and gone over to the enemy's army. And the Israelites are kind of discouraged, and they're sort of stuck. And they're sitting around for a while, and then Jonathan just like, gets bored. And I love what he does when he gets bored. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 1. One day Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and 600 men were camped in the outskirts of Gibba, around the pomegranate tree. I know exactly where that is. No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Senna. I wish we named all of our little hills these kind of fun names. Okay. The cliff on the north was the front of micmash I'm pretty sure I served that to one of my kids yesterday at McDonald's. Um, and one of those in the south was called Gibba. Gibba. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether he has many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I am with you completely, whatever you decide. Come on. I like this guy. Verse eight, all right then, Jonathan told them, we will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we'll stop and we won't go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we're going up. And that will be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, The Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come up here and we will teach you a lesson. Jonathan looks at his armor bearer and he goes, come on, climb right behind me. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet and the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer killed those who came behind them. They killed some 20 men in all and their bodies were scattered all about a half an acre and suddenly panic broke out in the Philistine army in both the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and raiding parties and then an earthquake struck and everyone was terrified. Saul's lookouts uh, in Gibba of Benjamin saw a strange sight. The vast army of the Philistines began to melt away in every direction. Call the roll and find out who's missing, Saul ordered. And when they checked, they found out that Jonathan and his armor bearer were gone. Then Saul shouted to Ahijah. Ahijah! But if he was my... That's, what I was, that's how I would say his name every time I saw him. Bring the ephod here. That's the little thing they would wear and they would pray and ask God what uh, his will was. For at that time, Ahijah! was wearing the ephod in front of the Israelites. But while Saul was talking to the priest, the confusion in the Philistine camp grew louder and louder. So Saul said to the priest, never mind, let's go. And then Saul and all the men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines were killing each other. There was a terrible confusion everywhere. Even the Hebrews who had previously gone over to the Philistine army revolted and joined with Saul. Jonathan and the rest of the Israelites. Likewise, the men of, the Israel, uh, of Israel who were hiding in the hill country of Ephraim joined the, case, the chase when they saw the Philistines running away. So the Lord saved Israel that day and the battle continued to rage even beyond Bethhaven. Come on, God is calling a generation to chase up a hill. A generation of Jonathans to run up a hill and see if God might do something. Are you going to be a person who responds like Jonathan? Let's pray. Father, we're asking you for your your Holy Spirit to pour out on us right now. God, we want a revelation from you. Lord, we don't want to be the same. God, we want to see a move of your spirit. God, we want to take a hill for you. Lord, we don't want to just be an average church that bumps along and really never made much of a difference to anybody. God, we don't want to just be a safe place for those of us that are here already. Lord, we want to be an oasis of life for the hurting and broken and be a beacon of light, God, that brings your love to this world in every single day until you return. God, we want to be driven from your love And we want to see a revolution of your spirit and souls and souls and souls. Thousands of souls coming into your kingdom. And people serving you. Families staying together. God, we want to see a transformation in our city. That people instead of cursing your name and living however wildly they want, God, instead they would be serving and praising you. We worship you today, God. We ask that you would light a fire in our church. Lord, a spiritual, holy fire driven from your love that does not shrink back from fear but overcomes and has full of faith and is full of steps and action in that faith to see you move. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, God has given you and I the gift of the Holy Spirit to empower us to go to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cause the lame to walk and the blind to see, to speak the truth of love to people, to prophesy words of healing and wisdom, declare that Jesus is alive, that God is for real, and his love is relentless for every person on the planet. What hill are you going to take? Come on, what hill are you going to take and when are you gonna do it? <laughs> How about today? Today. Yeah, I like your I like that. <laughs> Tomorrow, today, whatever. Let's do it. That's <laughs> a now word, okay? This is a now word. This isn't someday. Someday isn't on a calendar. Sunday is. Monday is. And you get to do something about Sunday today. You get to do something about Monday tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own, so forget about it. Forget about it. Focus on today, right? Today. Today there is a call. Today there is a hill. But God just wants us to have as much faith as Jonathan. And to realize that you're stuck and you're bored. God doesn't want his church to be boring. But church doesn't make sense and it's boring when people aren't getting saved. It just doesn't make sense. We're like, why do I need to go sit and hear another sermon? Why do I need to go sit and I can just worship at home? I can go get podcast sermons, man, from the best preachers all around Almost. Almost. <laughs> Something different when you join a family. You join Team Jesus and a local family. And you go take a hill together. See, God does, he says to Jonathan, I love this part where he says to Jonathan, he's like, hey, our Jonathan has this faith about who God is. He like understood God. And I think he was a lot like David because David and Jonathan were friends. They were like best friends, right? Right? And David wasn't with Jonathan in this battle, but he, he, he was like David in the way that David just went after the, went after uh, Goliath. Is that David was just mad. He shows up and Goliath's like, shout at the army and tell them how stupid they are. And he's like cursing God's name. And David shows up and he goes, do you guys not know who God is? My God doesn't let that kind of stuff go. And do you know whose land that guy's on? He's on the promised land. He doesn't belong here. He's got no footing here. What are you guys doing? He goes, I could send a, just a tiny baby out there if they believed in Jesus and that would take out that giant. And he was just a kid himself. And he goes out because he understood who God was. He understood who the devil was. And he knew who he was. And when you and I as children of the king, grab hold of those three things, the hill doesn't look so scary anymore. Jonathan just climbed up the hill. He's like, on all fours. Let's go get them. There's 20 of them up there. So what? I know who my God is. I know whose land they're on. And I know who that land belongs to. It belongs to me. I'm just up there and take it. The Lord's looking for a generation of Jonathans that understand who God is, who the land belongs to, and who's squatting on it. And they're also willing to do something about it. So what hill are you gonna take? See faith in James, the book of James, chapter two, verse 17, it says, faith without works or deeds is dead. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. Now some may argue some people have faith and others have deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you how much faith I have by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even demons believe that, and they tremble in terror how foolish can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless look the foundation for the faith and the work in the kingdom for the work in the kingdom is faith the foundation for the work in the kingdom is faith but like seed inside of the sower's bag that is never sown it will never produce kingdom fruit If you're a sower, and you had seed in your little pouch, if you liked it like a kangaroo pouch, you could put it here. Some of you would sow seed like this if you were a sower. I would have like a super cool man bag. I would sow it like majestically. Right? Some of you would sow it like a wild... Some of my children would sow it like that. But if you have seed in your sowing bag... And you never put it in the ground. You're like, I got faith. I got all this kingdom stuff. I believe in all this stuff. It's in my satchel. But you never reach your hand in and throw it on the ground. It's useless. It's stuff in your bag. You might as well have Twinkies in there. What's it matter? God's called you to take His truth, His good news, out of your life that He pressed into you. The suffering and pain is for a purpose. Put it to work. God, you transformed me and rescued me. I was so messed up and lost. And you picked me. You said, Josh, I love you. You met with me personally. had seed in my bag. You know what? God's just saying, Josh, will you have the courage to just go run up the hill and go take that and just go throw it on the ground and see what happens? Just put it in the ground. Give it to someone. What God has given you. But if we leave faith all zipped up and tidy somewhere, it never goes anywhere. It actually is useless. God gave you faith to put to work. And just like he did with Jonathan, Jonathan had faith, he understood who God was. And he was like, I know what God is, and all I need to do is take steps, putting my faith into practice and put my life at risk. And if I'm willing to just take steps in my faith, not just have faith, but put it to work, God's going to show up. Let's just see. He had that much faith. God is amazing. He doesn't even need a whole army. He just needs us, you and me. And he goes, let's just see if he'll do something. How awesome is that? He didn't even have like, I know God's going to do something. He's just like, maybe he'll do something. And that was enough because he took that amount of faith and then he walked up the hill. Aren't you just a little bored? Like Jonathan. And you just want to see miracles happening. And people's lives transformed. Something happened. Somebody gets saved. Somebody's life. Just go try something then. Like let's just cross over to the pagans outpost. And let's just ask the Lord. Say perhaps he's going to do something. With just us few. But whatever we do, we're going to have to overcome some fear. And you know, I just want to say this, that this armor bearer that went with Jonathan, what a cool guy. Because even if you can't be Jonathan, you can be the armor bearer guy. And when someone around you goes, hey, dude, I'm bored. I got a wild idea. Let's go over to tasty freeze, right? And let's go tell somebody about Jesus. Everybody with chocolate ice cream cones are getting to, they're witnessing to them. I don't know why chocolate. I don't know why chocolate ice creams. I don't know. It's like I just feel like I want to do that. You're like, whatever you say, man. I'm going to do it with you. Let's go. It's like, sure. Buy an ice cream cone. Take one from somebody who gets saved, right? Maybe they'll buy you one. I don't know. I probably shouldn't take it from them. Ask the Holy Spirit for a word, and then you get one, and then just grab a buddy, grab a friend, and say, hey, let's just go try it out. But listen, be an, be someone like this armor bearer for your friends when they get a wild idea and they're bored and they say, I just feel like I need to do something for Jesus and stop sitting around. Let's go witness to somebody. Let's go tell them about their love. Let's go find everybody who's got crutches on and we'll pray for them. We'll just walk around the stores and they're just going to find people that have crutches. I think God wants to anoint that. And you're the armor bearer guy. You're the guy, the the gal, the person that just goes, okay, let's go. And we rally around our friends because God doesn't need everybody. He just needs a few. And let's just see what he might do. But there was a couple things that Jonathan, this armor bearer, were, had overcome in their life. And maybe it was because they sat around enough. Maybe it was because they just believed God enough. I don't know. But somewhere, somehow, they overcame their fear of death. And if you're going to serve the Lord, you have to overcome your fear of death. And it comes from, God, I give you my life, and it's I, I actually die. I die to you. And I'm not trying to live in this life anymore it's my life is gone and dead it's no longer I who live but Christ you who live in and through me and see Jesus said this in John 12 24 I tell you the truth unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains only a single seed but if it dies it produces many seeds it's just like the seed stuck in the sower bag it does nothing it's got to fall to the ground and die your life will do something so tremendous and great if you give it to the Lord and you die And see, when you're dead, you're not scared. Dead people aren't scared of anything. You know what I'm saying? It was like, whatever. When you're dead, you're not scared. See, this is what's so crazy about God is you can offer your life, Romans 12, as a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable and pleasing to him. This is actually your true act of worship. Yeah. When you worship God fully, you give up your whole life and now you're dead and it's, you're, not actually, you're like a, alive but not alive. Your actual real life, which is in heaven, is now alive and is kicking butt here on earth and your kind of earthly temple body thing is just along for the ride. But you're not scared anymore because it doesn't matter what they do to you. No one can beat you. They say a person who has nothing to lose is dangerous. You ever watch any of these movies where like, they take the person's whole family and they, just, they go crazy. They're like, I'm getting them back. And they've got nothing to lose. They take all these huge, crazy risks. You're like, how could they do that? Well, it's Hollywood. They can do anything. Right? But the concept of when you have nothing to lose, you're willing to take lots of risks. But I'm telling you, a believer filled with the presence of God, full of of God himself, the oil, the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit, who is also dead but now full of faith, that person has absolutely nothing to lose and only eternity to gain. That person's really dangerous. And that person's unstoppable because God's perfect love can never lose. Even if that person, the Bible says, they give up their life, that goes into the ground, the seed of the martyr's life goes into the ground and produces a radical harvest and reward. There's a special reward if you physically actually give up your real life and temple for Jesus. But every time you're persecuted because of the name of Jesus, that comes because you died and Christ is living. He said, if I would be persecuted, so are you. And if you get persecuted because you're preaching my name and loving people with my love, your reward is gonna be awesome in heaven. That's where the true treasure is. But we have to not be scared. And the only way to not be scared is to be dead. Revelation 12.10 says this, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of the brother who who has accused him before God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Some of us need to stop being afraid of losing our life. We need to stop loving our lives so much that it causes us to shrink back from death. Do you know all the people that were hiding in the hills when Jonathan ran up that hill to go take out the Philistine army? There were Israelites, God's kids, as anointed as Jonathan, hiding in the hills. Any one of them could have done that, and God would have showed up. And they're in there just freaking out. (gasps) They didn't know who they were. They didn't know who God was, and they didn't know that the enemy was on their land. And they were afraid to lose their life. They were scared to lose their life. Jonathan died to himself. He's like, I don't care. I'm bored. I would rather see God move or die. Like, I would rather die Like, he didn't care anymore. He he just wanted to see God move. And maybe he had his buddy David in his mind and thinking, remember when David went down to Goliath and just took that guy out? That might just happen with me. Faith begets faith. Faith births faith. When you see someone else move in faith, it stirs up your faith to take steps. And when Jonathan runs up the hill, you know what happened? Everybody else started to come too, even the people hiding in the cracks, freaking out. They go, oh, the enemy's doing this. I'll do something, too. (laughs) Here I go. (laughs) Whatever. Will you be the Jonathan that takes the hill? Will you love your life so little that you won't shrink back from death? That death no longer will have a grip, a hold. Don't you love it when we sing that in those songs? Death no longer has a grip on me. We all kind of go, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have a grip. Fear doesn't have a grip. Death doesn't have a grip because Jesus overcame death. And and we get eternal life. We win no matter what. But we have to be this type of church that stops shrinking back. The enemy is taking over our land, our schools, our communities, our governments. It's everywhere. And the devil's just saying anything he wants, Hollywood, media, everything, it's everywhere. Hey, you can do whatever you want, live however you want, say whatever you want. Okay, that yes, you can do all of those things, and all of those things is not God's best for us. We know that. It's not about right and wrong. It's about God coming back and taking his territory, taking his land back. But his church has to wake up. We have to wake up, we have to be like Jonathan and just wake up and say, no, there's a hill to take. There's something to do for the Lord and it's gonna come one soul at a time as each heart is totally transformed and healed and set on fire with the love of Jesus. It's not us going out and telling the world they need to live by a set of rules. That is not how you take the kingdom. It is one person at a time encountering God's love And on the inside, they're transformed and a fire is set on fire inside of them by the Holy Spirit. See, when you're rescued by the Holy Spirit and he takes you out of evil and into life and love, you're like, that's pretty good. And you think, and eternal security, I get to go to heaven forever? That's even more awesome. When people in the world have now been transformed like that, There's no longer a fight. This is why when Jonathan went up the hill and when you and I go to take the hill and we go love people, the enemy's going to run because the land doesn't belong to him and the Lord is going to do something crazy. You see what happened when Jonathan went up the hill. Every person, they slaughtered 20 dudes in a half acre. That's actually pretty big. That means he's like chasing them around. Get over here. Running them all down. And they're freaking out and trying to get away. They can't get away. And then the Lord does another crazy thing. He sings panic out. And when Saul and the rest of the army see, they're like trying to get their stuff on and they come out and they go look and they get up close and they're like, wait a second, these guys are killing each other. There's only two dudes fighting this whole army and the army's starting to fight themselves. See, the enemy will turn on himself because God's the king. He just needs his kids to jump into the space so he can do it. And then he'll shake the earth. He sent a panic over them. And then he just starts to shake the whole planet. And they're like, ah! God will shake the earth for you if you're willing to take a hill for him. God will shake the earth for you if you're willing to take a hill for him. But it belongs to our great big gigantic God not to the devil it just doesn't but it's time to come to terms with God's terms it's time to come to terms with God's terms God's terms are different than your terms your terms and my terms are like this oh I'll go if you you know you show me how you're going to get it done I'm going to go if you'll give me the plan, Lord. I'll go if you, you know, set out this perfect scenario for me. If you move first, then I'll go. And God goes, no, 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 no. I'm building something different. How about we do this? How about we do my way? As you go, then I will show. As you go, then I will show up. As you press in faith, then I will show up. See, God is trying to build in, press in something tremendous in your life, my life, and that is trust. And trust is the centerpiece for all relationships. And so God is trying to press trust into your life, and as you lean on him, and he shows up, you go, he's good. He's got my back. He loves me. If I press in, then he shows up. But see, if we do it on our terms, then we actually stay in fear, because planning is how we cover up fear. I mean, I love all y'all planners. You guys make my life so much better. And I appreciate the administrators and the planners among us. All that is submitted to God. Because we use everything we can possibly find to hide in fear and survive in fear. And we use planning and it all being laid out just right to, to, to try to cover our own fear, to step out when we don't know what would happen. See, when your life is at risk, it's real faith. When your reputation is at risk it's real faith. God has been trying to silence the church and the teachers in our communities in our schools trying to silence the government officials. If you stand for Jesus, they pound you down. Fine. I'm dead. It don't matter to me. It's not I who live but God who lives. Through me, so I'm willing to stand, willing to say, willing to speak. You know, I went to a high school where my teachers were openly Christians because over like 80% of all the teachers were all believers. It's crazy. And I was a complete total heathen. It's a big part of how I got saved. And that everybody just they just kept witnessing to everybody. People, this is a whole my whole hometown just got saved all over the place. It was amazing when I finally became a Christian. I'm like, oh my gosh, all these teachers are all believers? And they all band together and preach to kids in school. Just, just see what God might do and show up. What if God set a revival in our schools and in our, in our universities? If all the kids are believers, come on. If 80% of our kids in schools got saved, a teacher could say whatever they want about Jesus can't stop it. You cannot stop God moving. He'll shake the whole world. Governments bow their knees to Jesus. Kings bow their knees to Jesus. That's it. And you're his kid. But he wants to build a trust relationship with you. Psalms 119, 105. As you go, you need a word from the Lord because the word of God is a lamp to guide your feet and light for your path. So it's the word of God that God has already spoken, like Matthew 28. It says, go into all the world and preach the good news. No matter where you go, I'm going to go with you, is what Jesus promised. He said, in fact, I'm going to go to heaven, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, who's going to light a fire, He's going to clothe you with power, Acts 1.8, so that you can do the work, all of the work of the ministry, preaching my name anywhere you want. Everywhere I lead you. And he gives you prophecy, the ability to hear his voice. Hebrews says now that it isn't the prophets of old. It's even you as an individual get to hear the voice of God and can hear the leading of the Holy Spirit. He can give you specific words of who he wants you to pray for, preach to the good news, to to love on, to minister to, to give something to, sow into whatever it is. If you're listening, God will speak to you and give you a word that will light the path of your feet you can take steps just like Jonathan did, right up that hill, then God's gonna shake things and make it happen. If you listen to his voice, he will build that trust relationship with you as you step out for him and he'll show up and you build this beautiful, knit-in kind of relationship that would only happen if he said, on my terms. If we do it on his terms. But if he did it on ours, we would not get that same kind of trust. That same kind of relationship, and God wants to press into his body, into his church, this understanding about how much he loves people, how it is all about relationship, and every person that gets saved is not about the ego of your pastor, so he feels good about his job, he does. His church is full of people. No, heaven is full of people. The church's job is to populate heaven, not pews. Make that a shirt, right? Snapchat that if you're a young person. Whatever you want. (laughs) Is that something you would Snapchat? I don't even know. Okay. Ultimately, it comes down to what we believe about our God. How big is he really? Moses says, if you're not going, I'm not going with you. Jonathan's like freaked out. The Lord says, be strong and courageous, Jonathan one, or Joshua 1, not Jonathan, Joshua says, he's freaked out, and, and, and the Lord says to Joshua, he goes, listen, wherever you put your foot is going to belong to you, because it belongs to me. Don't be afraid, because I'm going with you, and we're going to kick some butt. That's my version. Yeah. Joshua 1. <laughs> Joshua's version of the Bible. And then Matthew 28 says... I'm gonna be with you to the end of the age, man. We're doing this thing, Team Jesus, all the way to the end. Holy Ghost, I'm sending him to just totally set a fire and I'm gonna be with you. The church is gonna be glorious and strong and I am gonna crush the head of the serpent under your feet. It's gonna be amazing. But we serve a great big God and we have to see him for who he is. And Jeremiah 32, 17 says this, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth, and by your great power and outstretched arm, nothing is too hard for you. Matthew 19, 26 says this, With God all things are possible. And one of my favorite pastors and preachers of all time, Wendell Smith, said it like this, We have a great big God and an itty-bitty devil. There is no problem he cannot solve, no question he cannot answer, no sickness he cannot heal, no obstacle he cannot overcome, and no demon he cannot cast out. There is no relationship he cannot mend. There is no difficulty he cannot break, and no prison he cannot open. There is no need he cannot meet, and no mountain he cannot move. There is nothing too hard for our God. Come on. Will you be a Jonathan generation that's just willing to see God for who he is, The devil's on your land, and you just take the steps of faith to just go walk up it and go tell somebody that Jesus lives, Jesus loves, and Jesus saves. He can deliver anybody from any trial and overcome the hardest of circumstances. It doesn't matter, and he can use anything. His grace, his power is made perfect in your weakness. We said this last week that his grace pools up in low places. Come on. He wants to pull up in your life. If you get low enough and just trust him enough, you can climb any hill, any mountain, and he'll show up. Even if it costs you your life, really, your whole life, your reputation, your job, your career, whatever it is, to preach the name of Jesus, God will reward you greatly and his kingdom will expand because He, your life here on earth That's not the life you're really living and that's not the life he's building in you it's the life in eternity and there are other people's lives that hang in the balance he's saying will you care enough about them to go to take a hill but it takes trust to take a hill right you got to trust god And everywhere the apostles went in Acts 16, 4, it says they went and delivered the message of the gospel and miracles were taking place and their numbers increased daily. We should see our numbers increasing daily because we're taking hills daily. Every day we're taking a hill for Jesus. Someone gets to hear about Jesus and experience his love through our life. We have to understand who we are. And as we close, I want you to think about this. Romans eight fifteen. you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. Verse 31, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Will you believe the truth right now that God is for you and no one can be against you? That no one can take from you your real life and there's no hill he won't take for you and no ground he won't shake if you're willing to take steps of faith for him. Remember, God loves when we go. He just loves when we go. He loves to send us up. And just go out there and go and this one really awesome thing that i thought was so cool is that god is promising us even in this story as we see here that even when we are willing to go god will rally the rest of the army people sometimes are hiding and they're afraid or they've defected to the enemy's army they're hiding in the caves or they've defected to the enemy's army. But when God starts to move, there's something that's in them when they know that they're his kids. They know he's Abba Father. And just because they're living in the world like the world with all the pagans, or they're hiding from the world and everybody because they're afraid for their life, when the Jonathans of this generation rise up and go take a hill, they pop out of their caves and they go, what? Oh my gosh, God is on the move. And they switch. Not only does he confuse the enemy and make him attack himself, but he redeems all those that are hiding in his army. And we have an army that's within the enemy's army right now. They're hiding. They've defected. And the Lord is going to wake them up if you'll go. He's going to wake them up if you'll go. Will you go? Come on, will you go for him? Will you take a hill for him? It just takes us. It doesn't take every church in the city. It'd be great if we all did, but I promise you, every church will rally, the churches will rally, God will rally where you go. But you've got to see that the spirit of the evangelist is on the church right now, and he's moving. And what steps, what action steps are you willing to take, are you going to take? I want you to do something for me. First action step, you're gonna reach over and you're gonna grab one of these off your seat. They're actually open in some of your seats. They look like this, right? Grab that thing. Your first action step is to fold it, like mine. Step one, (laughs) because we just printed them. (laughs) Fold that sucker. It says, Unite Evangelism Script. Just fold it in half like this, super easy. And you get to take this, you can study it, go with other people, practice it, work your way from the top down. It's super easy and self-explanatory. And if this first question is one of the most powerful questions you can ever ask somebody in their life. Today, do you know without a shadow of a doubt if you would go to heaven? If you died, would you go to heaven? If you haven't asked your friends that, your family that, the people that know you that, come on. Low hanging fruit. Everybody you know that's your friend or your family, if you've met them for more than 30 seconds, they're ready to hear that question. If they say, yes, I do, Jesus, Jesus is the reason I'm going to heaven. Jesus saved me. You go, praise God, let me pray for you. That's one side of this. But if not, you work this other side, which is, well, let me tell you what the Bible says. They say, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. No, dude, you don't go to heaven for being a good person. You go to heaven because Jesus died for your sin, and you accept Him as Lord and God. It says in this three simple things. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And whosoever calls on His name will be saved. That's all laid out for you right over here on this side. You can just practice that, memorize that. You tell somebody that, and then you say, listen, this is what God did in my life. Little brief testimony, brief, emphasis on brief, right? Briefs are small, so you be brief. Is that why that, is that a thing, no? Be brief, sorry, (laughs) stay focused. (laughs) Some briefs are really big, I guess, but um, be small. Be quick about your testimony and then, then, share just a simple prayer. Father, bless this person and ask them, would you like to receive Jesus? I hardly ever have somebody say no. It's just so right. People want to give their life to Jesus. They know there's a God and their life is empty. And just pray for them, Jesus, come into their life and have them pray, Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. That's the simplest thing. Amen? So it's right here. I'm encouraging you, go take a hill. This is step one. Learn how to do this and try to do it as many days as you can. It's great to have an everyday goal. Don't beat yourself up if you don't do it every day, right? But try, take a hill every day, something, go lay hands on somebody, pray for the sick. You pray for the sick and then you go, man, hey listen, if you were to die today, would you know without a shadow of doubt you go to heaven after you prayed for them? Boom, it's so easy. Just do it over and over again, take that hill. Will you close your eyes with me for a moment? If you're here today, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You just heard it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father or goes to heaven without accepting Jesus. He's the only way. Everyone has sinned. Everyone has made mistakes. And the the payment or the wages of that sin is eternal separation from God. But God is so good that he sent his one and only son to die for us, that whosoever believes in him will be saved. And he took upon himself your sin so that you could have eternal life. If you're here today and you say, I want to make that God, Jesus, my Lord, will you stretch your hand in the air with me? I'll pray for you right where you're at. Just lift your hand in the air and I'll pray for you. Anybody here? Thank you, I see your hand. Yes, anybody else? Jesus, I wanna receive you. Yeah, I see your hand there, thank you so much. Yes, yes, awesome. Let's pray, pray this with me. Say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I receive you as my God. Change me today and fill me with your love heal my life. Set me free. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bunch of people got saved today. That's awesome. Praise God. The Bible says that because you chose Jesus, He has now rescued you. And no matter what you do or have done ever matters anymore. It is now a permanent relationship with Him. And I'm encouraging you to tell somebody about it. And build some friends in this church get rooted in this church and come every single week so you get filled up and blessed and god will set just a a, just a complete revolution in your life it's amazing father we love you so much will you stand with me church i just want to just pray and just i know this is a message we should all respond to right every believer in the place you know jesus if you you don't. If you can't stand no problem, lift your hands. If you can lift even your fingers, just, re- just lift them to heaven. Say, Jesus, I'm all in. Here I am, send me, God. I'm willing to take a hill for you. Wake your Holy Spirit in me that I could be like Jonathan and have the faith to not shrink back from being so afraid of death that I would shrink back and hide. Instead, God, that I would die to myself And I would not no longer love my life, God. Instead, I would love the life that you have inside me. And I'd be willing to tell anyone and everyone over and over again about how much you love me and you love them and you have come to save them. God, let your love flow through me like a powerful river, God, that would affect everyone around me. God, I'm willing to go take a hill for you today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, church. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at UniteChurchAK.org. We hope to see you soon.